man it's been a long time coming we have missed you guys i hope you feel the same but once again we are back you are tuned in to the jwj podcast it is your boy james over here with my man my ace my shooter on the wing my best friend shane how you doing over there bro we back yes sir yes sir we missed you guys again i said it before i'll say it again it's so good to be back with y'all um we want to pick up right where we left off uh last episode we were talking about you know you if you caught our two-parter it took us a little longer than expected to cover what we wanted to because free agency is a beast you guys uh, so we wanted to make sure that we covered everything that we knew about at the moment, but we purposely left out a couple of very, very major figures in what was going on. And we're going to get to those major figures in just a minute. But Shane, uh, if you don't mind, before we get to the main purpose of this episode is it okay if i touch on something else that i feel is just as important before we, before we dive in so what's on your mind man all right so i i feel like it's very necessary um i, I know we talk a lot about it um but i think that me personally, I, I feel like I want to do a better job of jumping in and showing love to the ladies. So we just came off of WNBA All-Star Weekend uh, this previous weekend. And I want to make sure that I do take the time to showcase what the ladies did uh, while the game was taking place, while the weekend was taking place in Chicago. Um, so I want to I want to just go ahead and highlight some of the major events and some of the key points that took place over that weekend. Um, I want to start with, you know, similar to NBA All-Star Weekend, um, the, the ladies also have their individual, you know, events, their individual showcases like uh, the the skills competition, which if anybody watched it, if you didn't see it, you need to get on YouTube and go pay attention because um, Sabrina Ionescu and Zoe Brooks of the EYBL, which is the Elite Youth Basketball League, they they showed out in the skills competition, uh, took took top honors in that. Uh, may, like I said again, if you if you're not paying attention, if you haven't seen it you can find it online if you haven't seen it you need to go watch because look the the ladies are on the come up guys and sabrina is one of those that is definitely leading the pack so make sure that you are on the watch because these ladies are on the rise it, it's a beautiful thing to see uh the skills competition was something that was awesome to watch but also again similar to uh all-star weekend in the nba we also have the three-point shootout now the reason that i want to make sure that i spotlight the three-point shootout is because history was actually made during the three-point shootout and again if you weren't watching if you weren't listening you might not have known but with the game being in chicago this year um one of Chicago's stars, Allie Quigley, decided that she was going to come out of a self-imposed retirement from the competition to compete one more time because it's in the town that she plays in. It's in Chicago. So she comes out, and let me tell you, she did her thing. Not only did she do what she does, but she won it once again. Now, you might be saying, why is that important? Why is that a big deal? Why does that matter? Let me tell you why. So she comes out in the final round, the best score that you could put up is 40 points, right? In the final round, 
she comes out and actually sets a record with 30 out of 40 in the final round to take the crown. Not only does she take the crown, but with her taking the crown, it is her fourth time doing it. She is now a four-time three-point shootout champ. Now, again, you might ask, why is that a big deal? Why does that matter? Here's why. Because in the history of the WNBA three-point contest, no woman has ever won it four times. Allie Quigley was the first WNBA competitor to earn that title. But it gets even deeper than that. There has never been a man in the NBA three-point shootout to win this contest four times. Allie Quigley is now the only competitor in the three-point contest between either the men's or the women's professional league to actually win this four times. So huge deal, huge deal. So what you're saying is Allie Quigley versus Steph Curry, who wins? I would love to see it. I, I would love to see it. I, I, I feel bad. I still want to put my money on Steph. Actually, no, scratch that. I, I feel like everybody's going to put their money on Steph. So I'm going underdog. I'm putting my money on Allie. So I, how, much, how much money you, you'd be willing to put down on that? Told you, Shane, I'm a teacher. Not much. I mean, right, so, I, so, so I'll buy somebody $5. lunch. I'll, I'll buy somebody lunch as long as they understand where the dope dollar menus are at. That's where that goes. Uh, so, 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 so they can't, they can't, they can't actually like pick a number, right? I mean, as long no, no numbers? as no, no, as long, I mean, as long as they understand that the number in front of the dollar on dollar menu is one, they're cool. They're, they're, it I got, be, I, it I got used to you. be one. <laughs> no, it might not be one anymore, but that's all I'm spending. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> but no, right. if, if if anybody's listening to this that has any connections to Steph Curry or Ali Quigley, I need y'all to set up the three point contest. Let's get Ali Quigley, Steph Curry, one three point shootout to rule them all. One on one with the great one. But in this case, who's the great one? We don't know yet. Y'all go ahead and make it happen so we can figure it out. Wiggly right. wins in a landslide. I know, right? <laughs> Just blows them out. I would love to see it. But look, no, no, no. I'm going to go down to the last shot, to be honest. It, I think it would. I agree. So, move, so moving on, uh, again, I, I want to make sure that I finish recapping uh, the WNBA All-Star Weekend. So the main event, you know, Sunday afternoon, we had the actual all-star game. We had Team Wilson, Team Stewart. You know, the, the, the captains, we had Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces. We had Brianna Stewart, Seattle Storm. Heck of a game. Again, if you didn't watch the game, you need to find a way to go back and do that because you missed a good one. It, it was a good game. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, Team Wilson ended up getting the best of Team Stewart by a final score of 134 to 112. Um, the MVP of the game was uh, Kelsey Plum of the Las Vegas Aces. She, uh, she shot 12 of 18 from the floor, uh, finished with a game-high 30 points, which actually tied the WNBA All-Star Game record, which had been set by Maya Moore in 2015. So Kelsey came out, showed out, did her thing. Just a few other things that I want to spotlight. I know we talked about Sabrina Ionescu um, a few minutes ago. She came out in the All-Star game. This is her first All-Star game. You know, hasn't been in the league long. She's, she's still a young one in the game, even though she is taking over quickly. Came into the All-Star game, finished with 19-6-6. and She uh, played an amazing game. Um, Jonquil Jones, 29-13, balling out. Also, Jewel Lloyd, 21 points. But 
couple of things that I want to make sure that we spotlight and then Shane, I'll let you jump in. Um, we, we, we are definitely want to make sure that we show love to, um, one <laughs> miss, uh, Sylvia Fowles and, and Shane, I'm sure you're going to, you'll, you'll jump in on this one with me. Roll but it down. I'm telling you, like I said, I'll, I'll let you elaborate on that in a second, but, um, got to show love to Sylvia. And then also we got to make sure that we show love to, you know, I don't care if we only talk to her for 30 seconds. Um, one of our best friends. Yes. If you hear this, we're talking about you, Miss um, Sue Bird. But uh, both Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles have announced that they will be retiring. So this was their final all-star game. And in the fourth quarter of this game, uh, they both checked out together to a standing ovation from everybody in attendance. It, it was it was it was just an amazing moment to see, just to honor two legendary players of the game, male, female, it doesn't matter. These are two outstanding athletes, two outstanding basketball players, and it just really felt good. It was really heartwarming to see everyone in attendance show them that respect. Yeah, man, it's it's always cool when, you know, you, you have, I mean, we've seen it in in the NBA All-Star games where, you know, you know, it's, it's guys' last rides and, you know, everybody kind of pays them respect. It's even better when, you know, those those players ball out, you know, in their final All-Star appearance. Um, so, you know, we, we met Sue Bird. We followed her career. You know, I, I remember watching her when I was, you know, a teenager, so – um she's had she's had one hell of a career uh Sylvia Fowles as well I'm glad that she was able to throw it down and 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 put an exclamation point on on her career in the all-star game so um big ups to them for for the careers they've had and and uh you know wish them the best of luck the rest of the season yeah yeah man um the 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 last thing that I want to make sure that I touch on and we have mentioned this in previous episodes, but I do want to talk about it again. Um, if you weren't watching the game, we we have mentioned and we are understanding that there there is a very major issue that is taking place with one of the WNBA's biggest stars. Um, and of course, you know, I'm talking about um, Brittany Griner. And I really respect the WNBA for what they've done to try to make sure that they shed light on trying to let the league, let the fans, let the world know just how important of an issue it is to get Brittany home. And they, they made sure to show this again during the all-star game and it was such an awesome thing to see so what they did was um every every player was of course rocking their own jersey you know everybody is you know unified by color uh you have you know you have one team wearing orange one team wearing white because those are the two main colors of the WNBA now where it switched up at halftime, uh, we had our usual halftime show, our usual halftime entertainment. And when the ladies came back to the court for the second half of the game, they gave the referees <laughs> quite a run for their money because what they did was every player came back to the court wearing an all-star jersey with the number 42 on it if you're not aware Brittany Griner wears the number 42 um and everybody came back rocking the number 42 with the name Griner on the back so in 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 a stand of unity everyone came back showing their support for for their teammate, for their league mate, for their friend, for their family member that is being detained overseas right now in an effort to show awareness 
as to how important it is to get her back home to her family. And, and, and that that's important because you need to keep that in the front of everybody's minds. And, 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 you know, like, like you said, raise awareness for, um, you know, what's going on with Brittany right now. Um, there's trials ongoing, there's different details that are coming out about that. Um, you know, so it, it, it'll, it'll continue the rest of the season. I'm sure, um, more, more teams, more players are doing that. Um, I don't want to say there was a, uh, a picture, um, of Brittany Griner <clears throat> that was, uh, released, Just um, recently. So, yeah. So, um, you know, that, that, you know, she, she's re- recognizing all the love that she's been given. So, um, hopefully, you know, the situation eventually resolves itself, hopefully quickly. And uh, everybody can can, you know, move on and, and be happier for it. And, and we can we can see Brittany back in the WNBA or, you know, at least back stateside and then worry about the basketball part later. Right. I mean, it's I, I don't think that anyone is trying to excuse the fact that she made a mistake. That's understandable. We're human. Those things happen. But I think that anyone that can sit here and imply or assume that what's going on now is fair treatment needs to take a deeper look at the issue. It's it's at this point, it's bigger than basketball. This is she, she's a human being and yes, she made a mistake, but is this mistake worth being she she's been detained for half a year at this point it is it is it something that's fair we we need to look at this for more than what it is i mean it, it's she made like i said again she made a mistake she's incarcerated that's understandable but why is it being deemed okay to treat her like this simply because she's overseas yeah i mean she it's one of those deals where um from what I've gathered from the situation. I mean, she's, she's been wrongfully detained. She had a cannabis pen or Mm -hmm. something or like a cannabis oil, some, some type of uh, accessory uh, that she was, uh, you know, she was, you know, approved for and that she could have, it was medically prescribed to her um unfortunately that was that was uh picked up in customs and she was incarcerated now the the sooner that um all that evidence is taken into account i'm assuming that's going to get that's going to get some wheels moving on this whole situation because right now it's been kind of at a stalemate a lot of people have had a chance to uh people have you know people that um have had a chance to weigh in on it on social media. A lot of people, you know, flashing their ignorance as usual. Um, it's been made a political issue, um, things like that. Um, the higher ups president's been involved in, in, in the whole thing. Uh, Brittany Griner wrote a letter to the president, that type of thing. So, um, you know, with this, with this new revelation that, you know, the, uh, the item in question that she had in her bag, was medically prescribed that may be that may go a long way in maybe the resolution of the situation but you know obviously that's that's been a situation that's gone on all year uh so hopefully we can we can reach a resolution on that yeah and 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 hopefully we do like i said i mean she deserves to be home i mean it it's not i I feel like there's so many things that people get in trouble for people get detained for that are so much worse. And just like you said, I mean, this, this is something that was medically prescribed. So I, I just don't understand. And I mean, if there's anybody out there that's listening that wants to try to explain this to me and change my mind, feel free. You, you can reach out to us in any way. This, this isn't, this part of the podcast to me isn't even being done in a joking matter. I mean this wholeheartedly. If you if you can explain this to me in a way that's going to help me understand how somebody can be in trouble or be detained for so long for something that's actually been prescribed to them, feel free. 
feel free to reach out. Let me know because in all honesty, I don't understand. I, I, I don't get it. I don't feel like it's right. Yeah, I might be on a soapbox right now, but I'm 100% honest. Before we get to the bulk, to the body of this episode, I, I feel like that needs to be said. I, I, I don't understand it, and I, and I don't think it's fair. Man, and and like I said, I mean it's it's a it's a complex web right now. Like we we there's a lot that we don't know. There's there's a lot that hasn't been revealed yet. So yeah, um, you know, like I said, I'm just looking forward to seeing what else comes out of it. But you know, let's we let's try to turn the page and you yeah. know just try to get past that because I mean that's it's a tough situation for all the people involved. And you know, it's you know a lot of people that are probably listening to this um you know they've they've heard about this there's probably a lot that they don't know either so i mean i think all of us are kind of learning more about it and you know like i said hopefully the bet the best situation comes from it yeah yeah i mean i i i agree um like i said guys if you like i said i feel free to reach out um we would love some outside opinions if you guys have been listening we've said it a million times over like we would love outside opinions outside input so let let us know what you think you guys can reach out to us um we as as hard as it is right now we are going to go ahead and try to move on to uh the purpose of this episode um again just a quick rehash we spent the last episode or the last two episodes depending on how you want to look at it um discussing major moves in free agency which broke on um the evening of june 30th and there there were a lot of major moves that happened during that time but there's also been a couple of expected moves that have not taken place and we want to focus on the major players behind those situations for the rest of this episode and i'm sure you know who i'm talking about but we will go ahead and get right to it and i will throw the names out there we are specifically talking about the two stars in brooklyn new york we are talking about kyrie irving and Kevin Durant. Now, the reason that I say we're talking about the two of them together is because if you follow the NBA, if you followed NBA basketball for honestly more than two years, you'll understand that one big thing about free agency is that a majority of moves in the NBA tend to take place after the major players after the big names make their decisions it's basically a domino effect so i honestly feel like there's a lot that we have not seen yet given it's still it's mid-july right now i feel like there's a lot that we haven't seen because we still don't exactly know what is going on in Brooklyn. And I don't know, Shane, I, I'm going to let you jump in. I don't know if we want to start on the KD side, if we want to start on the Kyrie side, but what, what, what sense have you made of what's going on right now on the East Coast? Yeah, man. So, so I mean, with, with the whole KD-Kyrie situation, how it played out, everybody knows by now. Kyrie opted in uh, to his to his deal. Uh, it was $36.5 million, uh, opted in to his player option to, to re-up with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, there was a lot of contentious stuff there um, about Kyrie wanting his contract restructured, wanting more, wanting to be on the long-term extension. Uh, Brooklyn, after he only played, you know, 29 games for them this past season wasn't about to just give him an extension. I mean, he's only played in like 83 games, I believe, you know, for Brooklyn here, 103 games actually over the last three years. So, I mean, he's, he hasn't played more than 75 games in a season in his career. So between injuries, everybody knows well publicized about um, his issues with, you know, not, not wanting to be vaccinated, which is 
perfectly okay. That's within his yeah. right. Yeah, he has um, his right. You know, when he did play, he was he was insanely good uh, in 29 games for the Nets last year. Uh, averaged 27.4 points, almost six assists per game, a little over four rebounds and one and a half steals. Um, his shooting percentages were insane. Uh, shot about 47% from the floor, uh, almost 42% from three. He also made 100 threes in 29 games, and he shot 91.5% from the free throw line. So when this dude plays, he is spectacular, as we know, and he's extremely productive. Um, the only thing is he just hasn't been on the court much. And, I mean, it's between uh, his own kind of enigmatic kind of personality mm. and, you know, the whole COVID situation, injuries play a role in it. He just hasn't played much uh, for Brooklyn. And um, and then at the day, pretty much the day after Kyrie opts into his player option with the Nets, uh, Kevin Durant, maybe <laughs> what, a few days later, uh, requested yeah, a trade. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, KD just signed an extension. He's got four years remaining on his deal with the Nets that will pay him almost $43 million next season, 46.4 the year after that, 49.8 after that. And then the final year of his deal, uh, it'll be $53.8 million. So in this situation, you know, the Nets don't have to acquiesce to this situation. They don't have to accommodate no. either one. Um, Kyrie, I think the situation here is Kyrie wanted an extension. They didn't give it to him. He opts in, so he gets his money. But now he, he said that, you know, or, or his camp has said that he wants a deal to the Lakers. Now, it doesn't work that way. He, he just opted in, yeah. But, you know, there's been trade talks. Brooklyn has an asking price for both of these guys that they would like uh, to be met before they deal anybody. And the beauty of it is they don't have to do anything. They don't have to do anything because there's a lot of money tied up into these two guys. These are their two franchise players. Mm -hmm. uh, even if they haven't played together much, they've only played 44 games together in Brooklyn. And the first year, if you remember, when Kyrie got there, you know, the season was stopped. KD was coming off. He was coming off an Achilles tear. He wasn't ready to play yet. So Kyrie was there with, you know, not the same roster that eventually came there. I mean, but it's funny because, you know, as y'all know, I mean, Kyrie, KD wanted Kyrie there. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up getting James Harden there who wanted out of Houston. He's fair. And it was a super team there. And you know, you, you know, it was, it was, it looked great on paper. They didn't play together a lot. So we never really got to see it. It was in it, James Harden had hamstring problems. KD, I think had a knee issue. Kyrie was out with like an ankle or some other injury. So we just never saw <clears throat> what that trio could do, you know, in a sustained, like lengthy, you know, good sample size of time. So, mm. um, it's just crazy now because, you know, if you're Brooklyn, I mean, there's a lot, there's a, still a lot there. I mean, Ben Simmons is there. He hasn't played. He's trying to get healthy and, and ready to play. Uh, when he's healthy, he's an all-star. Um, they didn't have Joe Harris last year for long stretches. He was hurt. Uh, they just got Patty Mills to re-sign, a, a guy that was one of their, you know, big shooters from last year. Uh, Cam Thomas is balled out in summer league. He's expected to have a higher role or, or a more productive role coming into the season. So um, I think there's a lot still there. And I think there's a lot of guys that are waiting now. Uh, a lot of their unrestricted free agents, guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, like Blake Griffin, guys that are like, okay, like what's about to happen? They want to know, okay, do I need to, am I going to get a resign? Is this going to be the same team that I signed up for or what? I think they're waiting on that and fielding offers as well. So it's it's a weird situation because I think that situation, and, and I'm sure everybody knows this and that by now you can feel it, that these guys wanting to be traded has put the entire free agency frenzy at a standstill because everybody's waiting to see what happens and then what dominoes fall from there. Yeah, people people are they're, they're definitely waiting and 
it, it's funny because in previous episodes, I know one big thing that I've mentioned when it comes to signing players is you don't necessarily sign them based off what they've done. You sign them based on what you think they can do or what they're going to do. I, I think that both Kyrie and Ben Simmons kind of fall into an issue with they're the opposite of that. Um, they're, they're both being brought in based on what they've done. And if you're trying to think towards the future, you do still have to think about what they've done because you don't know what to expect moving forward, especially in a case with a Kyrie and also with a Ben Simmons, if you haven't been seeing much from them or in Kyrie's or in Kyrie's case, if you see what he's doing in very limited quantity, how can you be a hundred percent sure that that's what you're getting moving forward? So I think from a front office standpoint, if I'm Brooklyn, of course, from Kyrie's standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. If you can get this money, why say no? It's the same thing that I mentioned a few episodes ago about Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles. Um, if this money is promised to you, why turn it down? I mean, at the end of the day, you still want to make your money. But I think in Kyrie's case, it 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 kind of throws me off because you were already in a position where you saw that no other team but Los Angeles wanted you. So you had to capitalize on, you know, of course, get, getting your paycheck. Now, Brooklyn is left holding the bag. And you're still dealing with a similar situation, even though COVID restrictions have been somewhat relaxed in New York, we're also dealing with this new variant now. What is it called? The BA5 or something like that. We're also dealing with a new variant. Will New York pick up those restrictions again? And if so, is that going to affect an unvaccinated Kyrie Irving again? So will you be dealing with this same situation later on this season as well? There, there are so many questions there. And like I said, from, from a player standpoint, Kyrie, just like I told Russ, get your money, get your bag. I respect that. However, it, it's, it's almost like I, I, look at, I look at it just like I look at anybody that tries to use the First Amendment when they say something offensive to someone. You absolutely have a right to make that choice. You can do whatever you want to do. You have that right to do that. But that doesn't mean that you are free from the consequences. So when it comes to Kyrie and the vaccination, I will not ever hold anything against him for choosing to be unvaccinated. That is his right as an American citizen. You have that right. You don't have to get that needle if you don't want to. However, you do need to understand that if you choose not to get vaccinated, it is going to have an effect on not only you, it's going to have an effect on your teammates, and it's going to have an effect on the Brooklyn Nets franchise moving forward. And, and you know, and I think the Nets have, have taken a very kind of aggressive kind of stance on this. I mean, Sean Marks, you know, he, he came out, he drew a line in the sand. He's like, look, we, we want guys that want to be here and want to contribute to something bigger than themselves. And, you know, the, part of that is uh, for Kyrie is making sure you're available, you know, and that, and, and, Granted, the mandates were were lifted and he was able to play for the Nets later. And and like James said, I mean, we don't we don't know if if that's something that will be revisited with this with this new kind of, you know, new new strain of it coming out. But, you know, I, 
they don't for the Nets. They made the playoffs. They were swept, mm-hmm. and they don't. Given how everything went, they had a big three. They had they had two former MVPs. They had an NBA champion on the roster. Two NBA champions there on the roster in KD and, and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Guys that have performed on, on the big stage. Like, like that's that's who you're building your team around. They built this team with those guys in mind. And Kyrie's Kyrie's lack of availability caused strain there. That's why James Harden wanted out. Yeah. I mean, he he was also out of shape and didn't come there to yeah, I know, right? And he didn't he didn't come there to uh, you know, he didn't he didn't deliver on his part of the bargain. He saw that Kyrie was there and and Kyrie wasn't playing. So he felt, you know, he felt like okay, we came here I came here for us to do this together. And he also didn't come in in shape to to be ready to carry the load. So he wanted out. And that's what he did in Houston. He got tired of what was going on there. He showed up out of shape and and forced his way to Brooklyn. Then, you know, he had his hamstring problems. He wasn't able to uh, perform the way he wanted to in Brooklyn. He forced his way out of there. He's he's in Philly, had the same problems. Now people are wondering, is, is James Harden washed? Is he... Is his game declining? You know, we don't know. He, he dealt with a lot, and, and everybody, anybody who's played ball knows hamstrings are tough. If you if you've ever strained a hamstring, those are very unpredictable injuries. They could you you could a week, it could be a week, it could be a couple months, it could be three months. Hamstrings are unpredictable, and and given that James Harden's a guy that that doesn't seem to take great care of his body, doesn't come in in shape doesn't you know he's not doesn't have this whole reputation as being the hardest worker in the room you know injuries like that happen I mean looking at you Anthony Davis people talk about how he hadn't he wasn't putting in the work in the gym that that kind of thing he has a lot of a lot of nagging small injuries that end up taking him out for long periods of time so you know now you know looking at Brooklyn they don't want a replay of what just happened they went through hell yeah. You just had basically you had one you had one of your franchise players saying, well, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. So y'all gonna have to play without me for a little bit. You had the other all star saying, look, if he ain't gonna be playing. Then what am I doing here? I want out. And you got KD who's just putting his head down, going to work and trying to carry the thing. And, you know, and that that's what mixed results. I mean, you had there's injuries up and down the roster. So. You know, it's one of those things. It's, 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 it was touch and go all year. You had a brand new coach in Steve Nash. Um, and now he's in, he's in a situation where he's in lame duck status. You know, I mean, think about it. He was, it, it was, it was almost unfair to him coming in. I mean, everybody knows Steve Nash, great player, former two-time MVP, one of the greatest point guards of all time, but hadn't sat on anybody's bench. He, he was a consultant with the Golden State Warriors, more of a player development guy, um, had never had no NBA coaching experience outside of that consulting role. And he go he he basically inherits this situation with three all stars and, and a roster catered to them. So, I mean, it, it's it's tough for Steve that he had to step into that situation and. You know, and and it didn't work out for him the way he wanted. I mean, they even said, "Oh, well, we don't need a coach or whatever." I think Kyrie or KD or somebody said that when he first came in. So, yeah, you know, Kyrie. He, yeah, so it, it's one of those deals, man. It's like a lot of people are being affected by the things that are going on, and now the two players that can take them over the finish line are saying that they don't want to be there. And, and now if you're Brooklyn, it's like, okay, well, what do we do? And the, again, the beauty of it is <laughs> they, they could call their bluff and say, okay, y'all don't want to play. All right. Well, I mean, we don't have to trade you. And if we do trade you, we're not, we're not just taking back, you know, pennies on the dollar. We, we want top dollar for y'all. We're not, we're not about to just give y'all to whoever y'all want to go to. And, and, and I think Brooklyn is right to play hardball. I would not. Yeah trade either one of them no i and and i'm 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 with you on that um it's it's funny because 
so much uh, we've talked about it already but so much of this has an extreme ripple effect throughout the league more so than just in the immediate future and, and what i mean by that is we've seen things like this that have an effect five ten years down the line you know we we look at um we we look at what goes on like even even people that want to for example like look at the whole knock on the super teams you know and then they look at you know lebron and chris bosh and Dwayne wade and miami and the like moves like that and we look at that down the line and all of it comes down to you know what we call play or empowerment which which honestly falls right here in this situation as well. And personally, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little more about that in a second, but I, I think that that has to be understood that all everything happening right now is going to play a major role moving forward, not just for Kevin Durant, not just for Kyrie Irving, not just for the Brooklyn Nets, but for so many other things moving forward. Um, you you talked about player movement. You talked about trades. We can even look at what went down last week with uh, and I, I feel like the last the last episode we made this. I, I can't remember if this had actually happened yet, but uh, I think I think actually I think it did. Now that I think about it, but the uh, the the move of um. Gobert to Minnesota. Um, yeah. Now something like that is shaping this offseason as well, because Gobert was moved, and one of the key cornerstones of his trade was four first-round picks. So now you look at what the asking price was, and maybe not even necessarily the asking price. You look at what was given away for him, what was settled on for his move and let's be honest guys if you're listening you can agree with me if you put rudy gobert and kevin durant on a scale across from each other kevin durant is quickly falling to the bottom he is easily the bigger talent of the two so now just like shane was saying brooklyn has so much more leeway because they're looking over at Utah and they're thinking to themselves, look, if I was able, if, well, rather if Utah was able to snatch up four first round picks for Rudy Gobert, what in the world do you think we could possibly get for Kevin Durant? They got four first rounders. Would it be out of our realm of possibility to ask for seven, eight, nine? Is there a team out there that's willing to do this? If there's okay, not, see, I'm looking at you. There you go, Sam Presti. Where you at? So if 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 you were able to to witness a move like this for Rudy Gobert who don't don't get me wrong Rudy Gobert is not a pushover but he's not Kevin Durant Rudy Gobert Rudy Gobert is much more one dimensional um when when you pick up Rudy Gobert you're not picking him up to be a 30 a night scorer you're getting him for defense and i feel like even since he's won those DPOY awards even even that has kind of taken a step back so it's it, it it's it's creating a ripple and in brooklyn's case it's really helping them because they're the ones with some of the biggest talent in the league right now and some of the most disgruntled talent so again just like just like you said shane the ball is really in brooklyn's court and Kevin Durant and Kyrie have both kind of set themselves up to be at the whim of whatever, you know, uh, Marks and, and Cy want to do 
in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I mean, and, and if you're, if you're Brooklyn, you know, why, why do I want to, why do I want to help y'all? Why do I want to help another team win a title? Why do I want to do that? It's like, we have the pieces here where we could be the ones that are playing for a championship. So why would we willingly, regardless of what they want, it's not about what they want. It's about what the team is going to be getting back. It's like, look, why would I give up my two best players for hypothetical players? Cause we're not even getting, uh, it's it's been a long time since we've had player for player swaps. It's always draft picks, or it's like a accumulation of talent. Mm. It, and and if you're Brooklyn, you don't have to bend the knee to those guys because at the end of the day, you can call their bluff. You can say, okay, KD, you want out? All right, but we we want we want the house for you. And if teams are willing to get the house, okay, cool. But if they're not, guess what? You're gonna be right back here. And it's up to you. Are you going to sit out? Highly doubt he sits out. Um, Kyrie, we've seen that he's willing to sit out. So, you know, and and here, here's how it could play out. Okay. So with KD, <clears throat> I think ultimately he he may he he will probably this will probably drag and he'll probably end up back with the Nets. He'll probably I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb right now, which means he'll probably be dealt tomorrow, but um, I'm thinking that when the season starts, he, he's going to be opening night. He's going to be a net, uh, Kyrie, I think the same deal. Um, yeah, so I think if, say. if anything goes down, it'll probably be close to the trade deadline. Um, and ultimately if, if Kyrie wants to go to the Lakers, he's got an out at the end of the season, he'll play, he'll collect his 36 and a half million right. and then he can go to the Lakers. The Lakers will be out from under the Westbrook debacle and that Albatross contract, they'll be out from under that and they can get the guy they really want or they can get the guy that LeBron wants. Yeah, you and, go. you know, and, and then everybody can move on with their lives. Mm. Um, but, you know, looking at Brooklyn, I mean, the situation isn't dire there. They have a lot of pieces coming back. They got a team that's built around those guys and can still win. Um, and if they're healthy and available, and that's the they can thing. they can do something and that's key yeah. you know and and i mean like like i touched on earlier i mean they they added tj warren on a veteran minimum tj warren is a baller if he's healthy and his his feet aren't you know destroyed because he, he's missed the better part of two years now put him in a uh, bubble since the bubble. got you yeah and you know he he's he's a he's a low risk high reward potential signing for them they added Royce O'Neal who's been a a a rotation and starter you know in Utah when they were good before they started their fire sale so I mean you you add Ben Simmons to the mix you bring back Joe Harris you you bring back Patty Mills Cam Thomas like uh even on the coaching staff they went out uh they hired Igor Kokoshkov from the Dallas Mavericks who helped coordinate that offense around Luka Doncic He's there now, so he can help improve the offense there, which mm-hmm. a lot of people talked about was a little bit too ISO heavy, things like that. So having an, adding an offensive mind to Steve Nash's staff, I think is going to be going to be huge. And you know, with that, you know, you know, we we look at Steve Nash. I mean, he 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 walked into a situation that he thought was probably going to be a, a, a lot easier transition, but it was a lot of difficult personalities. And now uh, I think he's in a position now, I think this year is going to be huge for him going into year two as a head coach um, that he still has much to prove. He still needs to prove that he can control this thing and, 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 and write the ship, you know, with what's left. Now, I want to, I, I want to kind of rehash something. We, we briefly brought it up a few minutes ago when we were talking about, you know, I, I mentioned, I mentioned a little bit back about player empowerment and just how the league has gone that way. Now, personally, I, um, I, I feel like if a team can so readily move a player that's under a certain contract, why should it be deemed so inappropriate or out of line for a player to make moves in their own interest as well? But 
I, I want to bring up on that same note, um, I'm not sure, Shane, if you've had a chance to see what um, Commissioner Silver has said about oh, yeah. the, about the whole Kevin Durant situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know you, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, but for, for the listeners, if you're not, I, I want to quickly give you a little tidbit of what co- uh, coach, <laughs> excuse me, uh, what Commissioner Silver had to say about what's going on in Brooklyn right now. And then Shane, you know, I, I'd love to hear, you know, your, your two cents about it. But uh, just, just to quickly paraphrase, um, Commissioner Silver, when he was asked about the situation with Durant in Brooklyn, he says, this needs to be a two-way street. He says that teams provide you know, enormous security and guarantees to players. The expectation in return is that they'll meet the end of their bargain or their end of the bargain, rather. I'm being realistic when I say that there's always going to be conversations that go on behind closed doors between players, their reps, and the teams, but we don't like to see players requesting trades. We don't like to see it playing out the way it is. So quickly, Shane, um, Commissioner Silver's comments in relation to what we're seeing with Durant right now, in your honest opinion, how, how are you feeling about this whole situation? Well, the first thing I thought was uh, that's just too damn bad because <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, this is one of those deals where you make your bed, you lie in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it, it's it, ever since Silver took over for David Stern, uh, it's been a player-friendly league. It's been all about the players, and that's and that's how it should be. It should be all about the players. But when you make it about the players, and 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 you want players to have a say, and you give players more power, this is the downside. This is what you say you don't like. You don't want people requesting trades. You don't want people, you don't want it playing out publicly where teams are basically being held hostage. People are waiting to see what shoe drops before they sign with a team. So this is the downside, uh, load management, uh, those type of things. Those situations come from player empowerment. It's it's, like, and and, and it's 2022. In what way do you think this is going to be handled privately? Yeah, like the, the media, the media has their has their foot in everybody's door in the league. How do you think this is ever going to be handled privately? Yeah, it's it's going to it's going to play out publicly, whether people like it or not, because people the 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 media their job is to handle the the public's right to know. Mm-hmm. As a journalist myself, that's mm-hmm. what we operate in. It's, that's why that's why I specifically wanted to hear your side on it. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. It's like the media is there to shed light on these things, to bring those things to light, to inform the public about what is going on. So when you hear about uh when you hear about Woj saying that, oh, well, you know, they want five first round picks for so and so, like people need to know what's happening. And the players, the players are more mouthpieces for themselves than ever. I mean, mm-hmm. players are going to let you know, like, hey, I'm not happy here. I want out. And it's it's not there's no middleman now in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of people tend to move through their agents. KD probably moves through his agent. You know, LeBron selectively, you know, moves through mm-hmm. his, his right. representation. So, um, you know, when you that's the thing, if you if you empower players to. Uh, make their decisions about where they want to play and things like that. This is the downside where people are going to request trades. People are going to force their way out of places. That's just, that's just it. I mean, there's no way to, there's no way to really legislate it. I mean, there's, there's all types of um, things that you can't do. I mean, we, you know, uh, for example, the DeAndre Ayton situation in Phoenix, Mm -hmm. like, he because he was restricted he wasn't even eligible for a sign and trade situation and and now you know phoenix matches that offer he goes back to phoenix now whether he's going to be happy there that's that's a completely different topic for another day but mm-hmm. phoenix was smart in that they they 
took what they they took the restrictions that were in place to retain one of their guys rather than lose him for nothing well we, we we're gonna have to pay him and we're gonna have to keep him and you know a bird in the hands worth two in the bush right so they decided to keep you know uh, uh their their number one overall draft pick from 2018 they chose him and they didn't seem in on him and he seemed like he was ready to move on from there uh i would have loved to have seen what he could have done in indiana but you know he's heading back to phoenix a team that won 64 games last year and uh you know got unceremoniously uh trampled and dragged out and and just embarrassed and tarred and feathered in a public square by the dallas mavericks but all all at the same time all at the same time so um that being said, man, it is, it's, you know, like I said, if you, you want to play these games as far as, you know, giving the players the power and, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is just the downside of it. And, you know, now we look at this situation and, you know, we have to ask ourselves, like, are they going to be moved? You know, we, I, I me personally, I don't think so. I think wow. if anybody's moved, it would be Kyrie before Durant. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, looking at the players involved i mean looking at kevin durant i mean he's gone from a guy that's been you know he he's a, he's a former mvp of the league he leaves he leaves the team he he they blew a 3-1 lead <laughs> when he was in okc to mm-hmm. golden state mm-hmm. he leaves there goes to golden state well publicized went promptly wins two titles two finals mvps he leaves Golden State. He goes to Brooklyn trying to do his own thing. He tries to get his own super team there. He happened to pick two of the biggest flakes in the whole league. And now he now he wants out of he want he wants out of Utopia. So so here, so here's one, so here's one for you. Yeah. I I, I want to hit you with a question. Um now now that Durant ha- has made it clear that he wants out of Brooklyn. Do you think, and we can look at it either way, we'll, we'll look at every avenue. One, let's say that Brooklyn is like, whatever, screw you, we're not trading you, you're staying here. Or option two, they say, okay, you want out, let's see what we can get for you, then we ship you out, and then Kevin Durant goes and starts off somewhere else. Um, regardless- On a front runner, by the way. Oh, of course. Of course. So because I mean, like, like you said, you know, Durant said the top two on his list just so happened to be the two teams that finished, you know, at the top record wise in each conference last season, because no, I mean, who says they want to get it from the bottom and and do what they do and show that they're a leader by saying, hey, I'm going to go to the teams that already showed that they can handle it on their own. I just want to go make them better. But I need anyway. you. I need him. To, I need him to roll up and, and go to the Washington Wizards, or go to Orlando, or exactly. go to the Hawks, or Houston, the Grizzlies, or something like that. I want him. To, I want if, if that would impress me. Mm. That would impress me. Mm. Right now, now he's kind of. It seems like he's leaning into that whole mercenary role that he oh, took with course. Golden State almost. And, and this is and 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 that and that leads me directly into my question do you like what do you think and I mean I feel like you just kind of answered that what do you think it's going to take for fans in general at least the critical fans to look at Kevin Durant now and and leave fully convinced that he is actually capable of being a true leader is do you feel like there's anything that he can do outside of going to one of those bottom feeders and bringing them up i just i I think you know a lot of a lot has been made of of kd's legacy and uh you know his his standing as one of the all-time greats and that type of thing i mean he he's proven it's been a while but i mean he's proven that he could lead a team to the finals he's done that he did that in okc um you know, he he won an MVP there. He was the face of that franchise. They were a very good team while he was there. They were one win away from going to another final 
and and playing and playing LeBron. So that would have been ugly. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like everybody wants to dog on KD, or people think, oh, well, just because he left go- left for Golden State, that he's somehow like not that dude. And I'm like, but I think I think the thing at this point is that now he's left multiple situations, and mm-hmm. then he's had multiple situations that have turned out badly. Yeah, and and that and the thing is with that is is yeah, like he he has left such he left he left paradise in Golden State. Mm. He had his reasons, obviously. You know the whole dust up with Draymond. And I don't blame him for that. If a, if a, if a dude's telling me, I'm like, look, I just I just I just delivered y'all a title, and and you telling me that you don't need me, okay, that's cool. I can go somewhere else. Now, you do know, we, you can maybe but, knock but him we, for, but he, but even still, do we look at it as a matter of delivery when that team had won a title before he got there? Yeah, but I mean, they they had also they also had 73 wins and blew it, so it's like. Yeah. You know, it's one of those situations where Golden State in that in that time, they basically were like, look, we're not showing anybody any mercy. It's like we, they could have got anybody to fill the role of Harrison Barnes. They could have got anybody to fill that role. They could have picked up any any top of the line shooter to fill that role. They just so happened to get a seven footer that is one of the greatest greatest players we've ever seen because i mean what team would, that's what, what team what team would go for less though yeah but i mean it's it's <laughs> exactly it's golden state they why 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 just get the simple hammer and nail when a sledgehammer would do shout right. out triple h but right. <laughs> um it's all about the game yeah and how you play it <laughs> so and that's what i'm saying it's like they went for katie and they got what they wanted out of it. I think both people got what they wanted out of it. KD right. won the championships. He delivered two of them. Right. It's like, yeah, they lost. They were 73-win team. They blew the lead against, against Cleveland. It's like, y'all should have that's the thing. Like, people, people think that it was a cheap move. It's like they wanted each other. And KD was kind of, he was the, he was the safety valve when teams keyed in on Steph and Clay, because we knew how it was. Clay, Clay, as great of a shooter as he is, we've seen it. You've seen it on social media. He has no bag. He has no bag offensively. It's straight line drives. It's turn. It's awkward turnaround jumpers. It's catch and shoot opportunities. Clay Thompson is not going to break you down off the dribble. It's clunky. It's not fun. If you crowd him and make it tough for him, he's going to struggle. Steph, same deal. He was hobbled, and T- he, Kevin Love was able to keep him in front of him and, and got that stop later in, 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 that, in that game seven. So, um, so yeah, um, you know, with that situation, man, it's, it's, you know, KD is a great player. Um, I won't, I won't, you know, and nobody can dispute that. I think his, his, his methods have been strange. Um, but you know, I think that's, that's a situation where, you know, he, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of at a crossroads right now. Does he want to, um, put himself in a position where he, he opens himself up to criticism and tarnishes his legacy by bouncing around like he has, um, you know, or does he stay there and, and ride it out? So, um, with that being said, man, I mean, I think that's, you know, free agency. We, we, we're kind of stuck now and seeing where, what's going to happen there. Yeah. Free agency um, purgatory. Yeah. We're <laughs> in free agency purgatory now and, and we just have to see what happens. So, um, you know, with that being said, um, you know, again, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, you can go back and check our, our last couple episodes, episode eight. And episode eight and a half, we debuted What's the Word? Overtime. We went into OT. It was a great segment. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes, please please do so. Um, and with that being said, you know how to follow us. Um, you know, we will have we'll have another episode coming up for you guys. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the JWJ Podcast. Feel free to leave comments. We want to know what you think about what we're doing. 
Um, you know, we've had a couple people comment on, on past episodes. We'd love to, we'd love to add to that conversation. Uh, you know where to find us on Anchor, on Spotify. Uh, again, you can find us on Facebook as well at the JWJ Podcast. Follow James at Title Towns Mayor, T I T L E T O W N Z M A Y O R. Please do, please do that. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's a Thomas Thing. Um, again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll we'll be sure to have more content for you guys. And thank you for listening to JWJ. We out, y'all. Thank you. Till next time, holla.